Welcome to the Discover True Treasure podcast. I'm your host, Angela. This season's theme is Life Lessons from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. During last week's episode, we discussed life lesson number six, honor God by helping the poor. Today, we are going to discuss life lesson number seven, control your anger. In this episode, I will talk about the important connection between wisdom and controlling our anger. And I'll also discuss how pride is often the root cause of our anger. Okay, I hope you're ready to study the Word of God. Let's begin. Our anchor text today is Proverbs 14, 29, and I'm reading this from the New Living Translation, and it reads, People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. As believers in Jesus Christ, we know that uncontrolled anger does not fulfill the purposes of God. However, I believe that simply experiencing anger, simply feeling the emotion of anger, is not a sin. The Bible says, in Ephesians 4:26 and this is from the King James version it says be ye angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath according to the scripture we can be angry without sinning and i believe the way we can be angry without sinning is to direct our anger at sin and not at people. I believe that's how we keep our anger in control. Because when we direct our anger at people, our anger will get out of control. We will experience outbursts of anger, which the Bible tells us in the book of Galatians, that that is a work of the flesh. And when our anger gets out of control, it leads to other things such as resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. Now that same scripture in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.26 in the New Living Translation says, and don't sin. How? By letting anger control you. Let me read that again. And this is just the first part of that scripture. It says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. So the key to experiencing anger without sinning is to control our anger. Okay, let's go back to our anchor text, Proverbs 14, 29, which says, people with understanding control their anger. So wise people have anger. Wise people feel anger. The thing is, they control it. Wise people don't allow their anger to go unchecked. They exhibit self-control, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. However, a hot temper shows great foolishness. And we all know this. Have you ever witnessed someone in public lashing out at a store clerk or some other service personnel? We've all seen this. 
That person does not look wise. They don't look like a person with understanding. Instead, they look foolish. Their unchecked anger does not make the situation better. It doesn't cause them to gain favor. Instead, it usually makes matters worse. But they don't see that. They don't understand that in the heat of their anger. And that is why uncontrolled anger reveals a lack of wisdom. Now, throughout the Bible, we can read that God often expressed anger. However, his anger is not sinful because it's impossible for God to sin. Therefore, his anger is righteous. And whenever he demonstrates anger, all it does is reinforce the truth that he alone is God and he alone is holy. For the last few months, I've been reading books like Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Lamentations. And these books are full of scriptures that talk about the Lord's anger at the sinful and wicked acts of the children of Israel. And it was, in fact, his anger concerning their idol worship that caused his anger to burn to the point where he used foreign nations to punish the children of Israel for their sins and drive them into exile. However, God did not want to punish them. He sent prophet after prophet to warn them, and he told them, turn to me and live, but they refused. And so in his anger, he judged them. But the purpose of judging them, the purpose of his anger was so that they would see that he alone is holy and that life is only found in him. So God's anger is always righteous. It's always justified and it's always controlled. God allows himself to be angry only for a certain amount of time, only for a season. In fact, even though the prophets of the Old Testament prophesied again and again about God's anger, they also prophesied about his anger eventually subsiding. They prophesied about him relenting because he did not want the children of Israel to be completely wiped out and destroyed. Isaiah 48.9 says, Yet for my own sake and for the honor of my name, I will hold back my anger and not wipe you out. And Isaiah 56, 20 says, in a burst of anger, I turned my face away for a little while, but with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Amen. God's anger is always controlled. It is righteous because it serves a righteous purpose. It always causes him and him alone to be exalted and to be praised and to be honored. And it's important to remember that God was angry at the children of Israel because of their sin. And God, who is love, judged their sin because he knows the result of sin, which is death. Sin always results in death. And God hates sin. And he also hates death. That is why Jesus defeated not only sin, but he defeated death, hell, and the grave as well. Because sin is evil and wicked. 
It was sin that separated us from God's loving presence. And so that's why God's anger is roused against sin. God's anger is designed to cause us to turn to him and live. His anger is not meant to destroy us. His anger is designed to bring us close to him because it's impossible to have fellowship with God with sin. And so that's why in his great love for us, he sent Jesus to die for us so that he could remove the sin that was preventing us from having a relationship with the Father. Amen. So God's anger is pure because his motives are pure. God is for us. He's not against us. He wants us to have life, his life. And he knows, like I said before, that sin brings about death. Those of you who are believers in Jesus Christ, you know the extent to which God hates sin. You know that he executed his anger, or we could say his righteous indignation against sin by allowing Jesus Christ who did no sin by allowing Jesus to suffer for our sins. So I thank God for his anger. I'm glad that he hated sin so much, that it angered him so much that he did something that radical to save us from it. Amen. Now, although God's anger is always pure, And even though it may not seem like it at the time, his anger always has mankind's best interest at heart. Our anger, on the other hand, is usually not pure. And that is because our anger is often directed at people, not sin. And when our anger is directed at people, it is often rooted in pride. And we think things like, how could they do that to us? How could he do that to me? Or we say things, you know, like, who do they think they are to talk to me that way? Can't you hear the pride in those statements? Usually we are angry because we have been wronged. But you want to know what Jesus told us to do when we are wronged? Well, he basically told us to deal with it. He told us not to retaliate, to suffer being wronged. He said, if someone smites us on one cheek, we're to turn the other cheek. (laughs) In other words, we are to control our anger. We are not to allow our anger to get out of control to the point where we desire vengeance, where we desire to get even with someone who may have wronged us. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 23. It says, he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. Now, speaking from purely a humanistic point of view, Jesus I feel certainly had the right to be angry. After all, he was rejected. He was despised. He was sentenced to death. Yet he did not express anger, not even when he was beaten, when he was stripped naked, when he was insulted, spit on, hit in the face, mocked. We don't read that he expressed anger. Instead, 
on that cross, we read that he prayed, Heavenly Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. Now, let me just stop and say that, again, we are not in sin simply when we feel the emotion called anger. Simply feeling the emotion of anger is not sin because remember, God gave us this emotion. So just feeling it is not sin. I believe it becomes sin when it is left unchecked and when we don't control it, when we direct it at other people, because that's when it causes havoc. When we harbor anger in our hearts towards other people, when we refuse to forgive, when we refuse to pray about it, it can have devastating consequences. Unchecked anger can ruin relationships. It can taint our reputation, our witness for Jesus Christ. Uh, It can cause us to be filled with bitterness and unforgiveness. So it is important that we control our anger. God does not want our anger to destroy us. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 4, uh, anger is cruel and wrath is like a flood. Anger is powerful. And when it is left unchecked, it does run like a flood, destroying everything in its path. And wise people know this. That's why they are so quick to let it go. They let go of anger. That's why they humble themselves. They seek to diffuse anger instead of fan its flames. However, those who lack wisdom leave it unchecked. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 11, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Look at that. It doesn't say the wise never experienced the emotion of anger. No, it says the wise quietly hold back their anger. Proverbs 12, 16 says a fool is quick tempered but a wise person stays calm when insulted. That's powerful. It is wisdom to just be quiet, to not respond, even if you are insulted. That's wisdom. Amen. That's keeping your anger in check. That's also showing great humility. Amen. Let's look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 8. It reads, mockers can get a whole town agitated, but the wise calm anger. Wise people know how to calm anger. They know how to diffuse it. They diffuse it by speaking kind words, by speaking gentle words. Wise people humble themselves and they seek after peace because they know how damaging unchecked anger is. And wise people understand what Proverbs 15.1 means when it says, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I think that 
these scriptures make it clear that there's a connection between our words, definitely. Our words can cause anger. And there's also a connection, I believe, um, between pride and anger. And these are two things that I've already talked about. A life lesson about um, using our words wisely. Uh, And we talked about uh, pride as well. So oftentimes when we are angry, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we know that we also feel unforgiveness often. And we feel maybe bitterness because we want those who have angered us, those who offended us, who wronged us, we want them to pay for the wrong that they've done. So we hold our anger um, or we harbor this anger as a way of punishing them. But the problem is that the Bible tells us that only God is judge. And even Jesus did not retaliate when he was beaten and mocked and insulted. The scripture that I read earlier says that he trusted God who judges righteously. The Bible tells us that vengeance belongs to the Lord and he will repay. We're not to repay. He will repay. We are not to repay people who harm us and offend us by unleashing our anger towards them. Instead, we are to let God repay. And that, my friend, takes humility. Now, I want you to know that I am also speaking to myself regarding anger because this is an area that I have definitely struggled in. I remember when I was first saved and I remember when I would make mistakes in this area by, say, for instance, losing my temper. I would feel so condemned. And because I was in a church that preached a mixture of law and grace, so I was in a legalistic environment Whenever I failed in this area, I felt like such a failure. I felt uh, unworthy of God's love and forgiveness. I felt far away from God. And I would just ruminate about um, any hot-tempered exchange that I may have had with someone. And I would just be so overcome with condemnation. And I would just be stuck but I thank the Lord that I know better now. And because I have such a better understanding of grace, I know that being overcome with condemnation does not help us overcome our weaknesses. Instead, condemnation keeps us self-conscious instead of Christ-conscious. And the only way to truly walk in victory over any weakness in our life is to Focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ and his finished work, the power of his finished work on the cross, because it is the finished work of Jesus Christ that has defeated sin. And so when we are armed with that truth, when we are secure in the grace of Christ and secure in his love for us, then and only then do I believe we can deal with weaknesses from a position of strength instead of a position of condemnation and pity and shame. So with that mindset, the mindset that we are loved and we are forgiven, the mindset that our position in Christ is eternally secured, 
let's take a look at some practical ways that we can control our anger. And remember, as we talk about um, these ways to control our anger, it's important that we keep in mind that we can't do any of this through willpower. We can only do this by walking in God's wisdom and by following the leading of the Holy Spirit because he gives us self-control. So let's start with the first way we can control anger. Number one, stay quiet. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 17, 28, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. You know, sometimes it's just wise to keep quiet and not respond in heated and tense moments. Also, not responding in the heat of the moment allows the logical part of our brains to catch up with the emotional part of our brains. And by staying quiet, we give ourselves time to listen to the Holy Spirit so that we can either formulate a measured and godly response or simply not respond at all and just pray about the situation instead. Number two, we control our anger by being empathetic and considering other people because it is so easy to be self-absorbed and only think about ourselves when we are angry. But it's important to consider other people. You know, maybe that person who cut you off in traffic is actually rushing to the hospital, or maybe they are running late for work yet again, and they've been told that they'll lose their job if they're late one more time. So being empathetic and trying to see things from other people's perspectives can help us keep our anger in check because it reminds us that it's not always about us. Uh, everything is not about us, which leads me to my third point. We can keep our anger in check. We can control it by not taking everything so personally. Often when people insult us or offend us in some way, it really has nothing to do with us. Maybe someone is under a lot of stress and maybe that's why they were rude or, um, Maybe they're just going through a difficult situation and they're taking it out on you. But we have to learn how to stop allowing ourselves to be offended so easily and just show people grace. You never know what someone is going through. So the last thing I would say that we can do to control our anger is to walk in love and forgiveness. The Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. So we have to learn to forgive quickly. And just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that what they did wasn't wrong. It just means that you've decided to trust God to deal with the situation. Anger can poison us because when it is unchecked, it can lead to bitterness So we want to walk in forgiveness and we want to forgive quickly. 
We don't want to let things fester. And remember, God, through Jesus Christ, forgave us and the blood of Jesus Christ continuously cleanses us from all sin. So since we have been forgiven, let us learn how to take our offenses to God and allow God to show us how to forgive others so that anger does not control our lives. Amen. Okay, let's end this Bible study with prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have self-control and we can control our anger. When we get angry, I pray that you would help us not to sin by unleashing it out on others. Instead, when we feel angry, I pray that we would just stop and be quiet and listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit so that we know what to say, so that we know how to respond. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with your wisdom so that we know how to diffuse anger. Let us be quick to speak gentle words instead of lash out when we are offended or insulted. And Heavenly Father, help us to remember that not even our Lord Jesus Christ responded in anger when he was insulted and mocked. So thank you for helping us to be quick to forgive so that bitterness will not creep into our hearts. And lastly, Heavenly Father, I just pray for anyone struggling in this area. I pray that they would not wallow in condemnation or beat themselves up every time they make a mistake. Instead, I pray that instead of being self-conscious, I pray that they are Christ-conscious. I pray that, Lord, that we deal with any weakness that we may uh, face in our lives, that we, we deal with it from the position of strength, the strength that we have in Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you were blessed by today's Bible study. Please join me next week as we will continue talking about life lessons from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. If you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a message by clicking on the link in the show notes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the podcast and share it with others. In addition, please consider giving this podcast a positive review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Positive reviews are a simple and easy way to increase the exposure of this podcast and make it easier to find. Lastly, if you are not saved, I encourage you to listen to the episode entitled God's Plan of Salvation. In that episode, I talk all about the gospel of Jesus Christ and what you must do in order to be saved. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.